by Barfoot and Thompson. On the show today, we welcome back some of our best guests from 2023 and the season three of Property Matters. I'm full of a room of powerhouse people ready for a great show. Welcome to Property Matters. Welcome along to another Monday and it's our final episode for season three of Property Matters and we thought for something a little bit different we would bring back our top ranking guests and in fact this season started before Christmas last year it's been one of our longest running seasons thanks to your fabulous support and popularity we really appreciate it so I'm absolutely delighted today to be joined by Samantha Arnold General Manager of Property Management for Barfoot and Thompson and Barfoot and Thompson of course are our show sponsor Welcome to the show, Sam. Thank you very much for having us. Great to have you here. Nicole Lewis is back, author of Property Quadrants, which kicked off season three. Welcome back. Thank you. Great to be back. And to have you in person, because when we kicked off the season, we were in the middle of moving Planet FM, so you joined me on Zoom. Correct. So now we're real and live and all of that. Of course, no show would be complete without Tapri Hewitt joining us from Hewitt Mortgages, our resident financial and mortgage advisor for the last nearly three years. Yes, absolutely. Great to have you. Have you back, back. And, and your best buddy Jamie James has is, is nearly lost her voice so we couldn't bring her in tonight. She sent me a croaking message but did send her apologies and was gutted not to be sitting alongside you because you do work very closely together. We definitely work very closely together. So I know she'll be listening. Rest up Jamie, rest up. <laughs> and from realestate.co.nz is the queen of data, Vanessa Williams. Welcome back. Oh, kia ora Stephen, thank you for having me back. It's great to have you all here. Thank you so much for giving up your Monday afternoon and Nicole I'm going to kick it off with you because your episode had the highest number of downloaded podcasts over the last 12 months. Congratulations. Thank you for that. (laughs) So your book definitely sparked an interest out there. So just remind our audiences, what was Property Quadrants or is Property Quadrants all about? Well, Property Quadrants in a nutshell is the four ways of purchasing property. So being differentiation between your emotional thinking being your family home, mistakes we make, (laughs) making us cash poor in quadrant two, active income, which can really accelerate being able to purchase property from quadrant three, and passive property income, buying the right property to make money from day one in quadrant four. And how has the book sold this year? It has actually been brilliant. I have had absolutely outstanding feedback from people that have read it, that have said, I can't put it down. I read it cover to cover. It's changed my life. It's changed the way I think. I even had someone said, I hate reading books, but couldn't stop Mm. yours. And uh, it's on Audible as well. And it's uh, done exceedingly well. I'm just really, really happy that I've been able to help people get so much further ahead by teaching them what they didn't know about property. Yeah, but it is in that plain English, which we need. Yeah, And that's been popular. So have you already started writing the next edition? I have, actually, yes. I am going to be, I don't know what I'm going to call it, but it's basically going to be property quadrants for young people. Or it could be parents, you know, how do they teach their children how to get into property? Or it could even maybe appeal to people who are renting who think it's impossible to buy, but it actually isn't. Mm, that would be cool. And Tapri and I have talked before quite a bit on the show about financial literacy in schools. And so having a book that's aimed at that younger market or for parents to share with their sort of teens who are thinking of saving, that would 
that would be a great addition to the toolbox. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, our children need to know from a young age and um, getting it out there um, education-wise, especially within schools, is, is absolutely needed. Mm. So, Tapri, how was 2023 for you? I know we're, we're only in October when we're recording this, but mm. what's it been like? Actually, 2023 for us at Hewitt Mortgages has been um, amazing. Uh, we... Obviously, the getting first home buyers into into homes has been really difficult with the interest rates being uh, quite high. However, we've we've undertaken a lot of refinance, so we've looked at those that have blocked in uh, their their fixed rates back in 2020, and they've just come off their rates, and we've been able to provide them a financial solution to. Um, yeah, to you know, to to help them with the the high interest rates and, and things like that. So yeah, refinancing has been big on our agenda. What's been the biggest challenge or item or change that you've noticed in your world this year? The biggest challenge are definitely the interest rates and uh, you know the affordability criteria. Uh, people just looking at their finances and, and just wondering how they're going to make ends meet because it's not just interest rates uh, we're looking at. It is the cost of living. It's all of those factors that uh, yeah that really influence you know the outcome of what we are trying to achieve with our clients, like financial strategy, trying to make things work. is uh, It's it's really difficult. Mm, absolutely. All right, Vanessa, now I introduced you at the start of the show as the queen of data. No pressure. <laughs> what, has, what has been the biggest news data-wise in the housing landscape this year? Yeah, well, we've coined 2023 as the year of uncertainty. And I think, you know, the ladies here have spoken a lot about it. But, man, we had these crazy weather events happening. We had the cost of living, those economic factors around interest rates. And then our big whopping election popped right in the middle there, all, you know, in the end of October. And, you know, what's really interesting is that Kiwis love certainty and you can who blames them right I mean it's one of the biggest transactions you're ever going to make in your life is property and so this year has been a very very interesting one because of all of that uncertainty we have seen a lot of Kiwis just stop pause before they're bringing their properties to market some of the um, lowest autumn and winter we have seen on record when we're looking at new listings coming onto the market during those months so that tells me there's been a lot of vendors out there with whether it be investors or subsequent home buyers who are thinking, oh my goodness, is this the time for me? Mm. There's a lot of uncertainty. And I think a lot of people turning to, and rightfully so, professionals going, what do I do here? How do I make this work for me? So it's been a very, I'd say a bit of a stuck market, Stephen, if I'm totally honest with you. And I think we're just starting to see the wiggle and a bit of movement now with those new listings starting to prop up back to what we would typically see in spring months. So if you pulled out the realestate.co.nz crystal ball for 2024 where do you see the data heading next year let me just dust that yeah, dust yeah, just off dust there, there we off. go yeah. um look i think that as i said we have got some pent-up supply and demand happened we cannot see the low levels of transactions that we have seen for the past eight to nine months um and it not come to market at some point i do think that the dam won't necessarily burst completely because as we've said of those interest rates they will that will make things a little bit more challenging than perhaps if we were sitting around that two percent but I think we're certainly going to see a flood definitely before Christmas, and especially with sort of what's been happening in the economic environment, and that flow right through into summer, given what uh, rubbish summer it was this year. <laughs>
We're all hopeful for a better summer. Mm. Sam, over the year we've had many of your fabulous property managers on our show and they've all mentioned the major changes that they've seen over the last few years in regards to legislation and regulations. What are you expecting might change now that we've we've come in today with a National Act-led government? Yeah, How's your crystal ball? Yeah, that yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, first of all, just acknowledging those property managers that have come in and talked about all of those changes. I mean, we were talking at a conference recently and we listed out literally what looked like a receipt of different yeah. things that had changed over time. And they've had to deal with, you know, way back when, which wasn't that long ago, the smoke alarm changes, then the insulation changes, which then led on to healthy homes, which then led on to rent freezes mm. over COVID, and then led on to this, that and the other. And the more, more recent one, have been the introduction of um, the no cause evictions, which is um, which has been interesting to try to deal with. But all of these things and interest deductibility as well. So we've got all of these different things that we're trying to get our heads around as a, as an industry and try to have good conversations about. Um, but with each of those, a process comes in place, and it's really quite hard for them to keep on top of all of these things. We do it, but it's a really, really, you know, we we, we take a lot of resource to try and do exactly that. With what's coming, obviously there are some key things that we are hoping will will make some changes, but really we're looking for a bit more clearer guidance and guidelines and no more big change. The interest deductibility for us is quite quite a biggie to allow more investors back into the market. The bright line test and it um, will change um, from two from 10 to two years. Well, I can't remember which way around it is now. Mm, yes. Yeah, it's that way around. <laughs> and so we're, we're now thinking that maybe that will mean people exit the market quicker. But on the flip side, interest rates are still quite high. So we're not we're not quite sure what's mm. going to happen there. Um, but yeah, crystal ball gazing, I'm hoping that there's not going to be too much change in short. Yeah, and when we had Chris Bishop in here a few weeks ago now, one of the questions we asked is how quick will he make changes? And certainly it's felt like a lot of the housing ones will be in their first 100 days. You know, government like to come in and see how much they can do in the first 100 days, then the bigger projects need much longer. I've got the sense that quite a few shifts may happen pretty quickly. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, hopefully they'll get those committees together as quickly mm. as possible and not everything is listed in that 100-day plan but they're, and they're very broad what they're talking about. Um, I had a quick look this morning just to see if the regulation might pop right. up there, but it hasn't. It it so, okay. yeah. Tapri, are you expecting to see changes in your financial worlds because of Saturday's election result? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm expecting to see more confidence in the invest, uh, investment market. Uh, you know, when? Don't know. Just need to see what the announcement is and, you know, when all the changes in terms of interest deductibility um, is going to take place as well as the, you know, the bright line, as well as uh, the triple CFA rules, um, potentially relaxing those rules. Um, yeah, just around lending, making it easier for people to, you know, to, to lend to borrow money to purchase a home yeah so i want to go around the panel now and i'll start with you tapri mm. if if people are listening and they've they've got a little bit of hope there's an election there's summer we've had a few hours of sunshine and we're starting to think right 2024 is going to be my year to invest mm. whether it's a first home buyer or whether it's someone trying to look at their next investment property what would be some of your top tips and i'm going to go around the table my, my top tips is to, first of all, have a goal, like have a financial, um, have a goal. What does that look like? Is it that you want to purchase your first home and what is the time frame for that? And have a financial strategy. So if you're a property investor, what does that look like? Not just I want to buy an um, investment property. You've just got to sort of plan out 
if it's retirement um, in terms of passive income, that sort of thing, what does that look like? Count backwards and go, how many houses do I need to to achieve this uh, particular goal? So have a goal um, and have a financial plan is the two top um, key points that I'd like to make to uh, to investors. I know I've asked you this before. Is it ever too late to get on the ladder? Never too late, Stephen. Absolutely never And when's too the late. best time to start? Now, today, <laughs> right here. I knew now. I was walking into that one. <laughs> Brilliant. Nicole, what's your top tip for an investor thinking about 2024 on the horizon? I think the thing is there's a lot you can do with property that you think you can't do. So... I have a lot of clients that come to me and for some reason or other they say, oh, I'd like $200,000 passive income when I retire. I don't know why that seems to be the magic number. And if I look at the property quadrants and you buy a quadrant four multi-income property, you actually only need two properties. Now, I'm talking about two quadrant four multi-income properties. So there might be a block of three units, for, for example. Rather than thinking you need 15 three-bedroom, one-bathroom mm. houses. So it's actually really simple. And the other thing I tell them to do is to search for the numbers, not the area. So you do not have to buy where you live. And that's one of the mistakes that people make. You actually buy where the property is because there's amazing property managers who can look after it for you. And the other thing is you can use property to make money. So you can use Quadrant 3 being active income. If you need another $100,000, for example, to go towards your deposit, you can either save it from your job, and most people laugh at me when I ask them how long that'll take. You can leverage, but of course with high interest rate, that makes things really difficult. Or you can go and do one or two property deals and make the money within six months. So, and people will say, do I need to pay tax on that? So, yes. Do you need to pay tax on your salary? Yes. But you can still get there. That's so why you might need to do two deals to pay some tax. It's actually a lot easier than you think. And there's a lot of answers within property and how to get property. Mm. Um, Nicole raises a good point there, Tapri. Do you get many people looking at purchasing sort of outside of the area that they want to live in and then perhaps a renting where they want to be? Is, is that landscape shifted a little bit since we started discussing this a yeah, few years ago? I, I think so. You know, um, I think we've we've gotten more people looking at their having a strategy and thinking um, like previously that if they owned a property in Auckland, they'd want to buy their rental property just down the road. But now they're looking outside at the high yield properties that can basically top up their um, you know their properties in Auckland. Let's say so mm. high growth um, and high yield together. I think match made mm. in heaven, really. Absolutely. If Jamie was here, she'd be talking about her financial roadmap to get there. We need to put your book in the middle of her roadmap somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sam, top tip for investors for 2024? Yeah, my tip would be don't assume that you can't become an investor. Um, and I know some of the words that are thrown around for people who don't understand investing or um, like yields and, and areas, I don't know what they're looking at. Um, it is a scary thought, but I'm sure by talking to one of these lovely ladies, mm. they'll be able to help you. Yeah. And that's come up throughout the year too. Seek the professional advice. Mm. You know, talk to the experts. Don't try and guess. There's plenty of people out there that have been there, done that, and have learnt from it. So call on the experts. So calling on the, the final expert, top <laughs> tip, Vanessa, for 2024 for investing. Yeah, I absolutely want to echo everything these lovely ladies and what you just said, Stephen, say. Um, but my top tip, um, over the years at Real Estate, I've been there almost nine years, I've had the privilege of doing a lot of... Uh, 
focus groups where you listen to people talk about all sorts of things. And what always fascinates me is that people t- say to me, oh, well, no, well, I'm looking at investment property. So how long have you been looking? Oh, eight or nine years. <laughs> and I want to say, pull the trigger. Go and talk to someone, an expert, anyone. You know, even, you know, start with someone who's done it before and then work out a good mortgage advisor, a good property um, manager, you know, get a good accountant, get a good lawyer, you know, get the people around you. And I absolutely mm. echo that. We do not have to be experts and don't ever think you're going to be an expert. Just accept that. Find some, but pull the trigger. There are so many people that meet me and go, should I buy now? I'm like, if you can, go for Mm. it. You know what I mean? I think it's the tree analogy. When's the best time to plant a tree? 10 years ago. You know, and I'm still, Stephen, have not met someone who bought a house 10 years ago and went, poor, I overpaid for that. Mm. Mm. So I just say, pull the trigger. If it's right financially for you and your family, pull the trigger and do it. Because a lot of people (laughs) talk about it. I love what you say. There's a great ad on TV, but I won't mention the bank because we want them to go to Hewitt Mortgages. But um, (laughs) it's a very good advert where it literally says, you've probably started with your advice and it shows the hairdresser, then I think it's the mother-in-law and there's all these people that have given and then you get overloaded with the information. Mm. Yeah, How do you pack your data down in a way that's sort of easy for people to understand in plain English? Because you do. So how do you do that process? Yeah, no, that's a really good question because I think, and I think you probably all agree, that information is power. Like the mm-hmm. more you can sort of put into your brain to learn, to understand and to grow, um, the more you kind of, uh, you've got more tools in your toolkit to ask those questions that perhaps scare you. And I will always say there is no stupid questions. I'd rather people ask more questions. So we use a like a market insights tool where people can go onto our website under house prices, there's market insights, and you can actually look at what is the average asking price in that area. So that is what people of vendors are asking for your property, but also what is the average sale rate? So how close are vendors and buyers mm. together? You know, look at that for a suburb that you're looking in. Look at what the average rents are in that area. Again, that's all on that page. Look at where the demand is. So if you're thinking about buying in that area and actually the most searched properties on our site are three bedroom one bathroom okay so maybe that's a, a, a type of property that is um a sought after in this area so again g- g- pull that information together put it into your brain and then go and speak to the experts so i'm seeing this what do you think about this what is your view of this you know talk to experts but i also think you know you ask questions and mm. get lots of information too because there are no dumb questions when you're searching Absolutely. Now, Sam, you just mentioned it before, you know, there's been talk of moving the rental space into one that is regulated. Where do you see this heading under the new government or is it too early to call? And and I'm curious, what do you see are the best benefits of regulation for tenants and landlords? Yeah, so this has been been a long time coming and a long time advocating for. And as an industry, we really want to see the professional standards rising and we want to make sure that um, monies are audited, tenants are looked after and the, and the well-being um, of, of their needs is looked after. But we also are conscious that we're running a business. So any kind of regulation needs to... We were very supportive of it, but it needs to not be costing an arm and a leg for everyone to go through it because the margins are actually very small in, in the property management industry. We don't know really what's going to happen. We've got to the first, so we've gone through the first reading for our regulation for property management in Parliament. Um, it then goes to a select committee. Now, that committee hasn't been put together. We've only got the new party this weekend. Mm-hmm. So that will happen at the beginning of next year. Then it goes to a second reading, third reading, final assent. So 
however long that takes, at any point, National Act could decide that actually this isn't on the top of their priority list mm. and they could well put it to the side. So will it stand its test? I see that there's merit in there 100%, um, but as we know, National's not particularly a regulating um, authority. They're not really that keen on it, but they, as long as they don't believe it's going to cause too much, too, too much disruption... They're wanting, um, they're, they're happy to let it go. But we don't know where that is. We're mm. still very for it. Mm. Absolutely. What, what do you think tenants will think of this space? I think they, there would be a level of comfort because part of the um, part of the remit is if you're a private landlord, which I know a lot of the industry were up in arms about, that the private industry are not actually falling under this um, regulation. But there is one clause in there that, that's talking about if a landlord fails twice in front of the tenancy tribunal on the detail, the devil's in the detail, right? So we don't actually know the detail of this. Then they must be referred to a property manager. Now that mm. is good for our business, but it's also great for tenants. It yeah. means that they've got the security of knowing that someone who really does understand the regulations, the laws, etc., knows where to go, how to do things. It's almost like a protection for them. Mm. Um, and equally, landlords know that they've got some, a professional person looking after their property, looking after their money, making sure that they've got the right contractors and really looking after their investment. Hmm. Absolutely. Because property managers are very much investment managers. Yes, that's right. You know, yeah, we that's, should rename them. Yeah, we should. We should. <laughs> um, Nicole and Tapri, well, you know, something that's come up a lot this year is a ch- real challenge, of course, is first home buyers, mm. especially in our biggest cities. Uh, do you see this relaxing next year in any way, or is that too hard to tell as well? Well, I think I think probably with first home buyers, one of the biggest problems, of course, is lending with the with the not only the interest rates, but of course the test rates are then again higher, and the triple CFA, meaning that they don't have as much discretionary spending that shows up under there, so they end up with negative UMAs being unaccompanied monthly income which is not necessarily a true reflection. So I think it would be nice to see some of that relaxed, although it would be interesting to see the this 200000 that the, the government has granted, whether that continues or not, to help them. But definitely interest rates pegging back, although my guess is that it's going to be very, very slow, mm. will be a big assistance. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Um, you know, the pegging back of the interest rates is definitely going to help people's borrowing power, um, as well as the triple CFA um, relaxing those, you know, those regulations around lending. Um, yeah, you know, the economists are saying end of 2024, 2025, we should see some form of a shift in the interest rates. Um, but who, you know, who knows, really? Uh, I would like to see um, more home ownership you know, from our first home buyers and, and see how we can make it easier for them to get, in, get into the market, mm. for sure. Mm. All right, I'm going to switch gear a little bit now and talk leadership because leadership's become quite a topic this year on Property Matters. We've had some great people in here, inspiring people, talking about how they lead their different companies through to charities. And it's it's pegged some interest throughout the year. So, Sam, I'm going to ask you to kick off the panel discussion. When we think about leadership... What leaders have inspired you over the years or are there any leaders that you've tried to take on their, their philosophy into your workspace? 
This is a question that always gets you, isn't it? Because you then sit there for days going, well, who do I really like? Is it Michelle Obama or is it this person? And I always really struggle with it because I can't um, identify one particular thing. However, that being said, earlier this year, someone really did... I, I was just attracted to the way that this person runs her business. Now, she is the football manager for England football team, um, Serena Wiegman. I think that's how you pronounce it. So she appeared, and uh, the first time I saw her, she was calm, and I love a leader that's calm. And she she very rarely showed her emotion, whether she was really annoyed that they'd done something wrong, um, but she always showed her excitement, and she was always, or is, she's not dead, <laughs> she's always full of praise, and she's just so happy for the team, and they've obviously got a reciprocal... Um, uh, respect for her as well because they speak very very highly of her and the more I got to know about her I read up on her um, just to see what her style was like and actually it is very similar to how I like um, I would like to be perceived so I support teams to make the best or build the best out of them rather than it being an individual thing um, and the one voice just everyone working mm. together to do the best that they can um, so yeah I've taken a lot just looking at her and watching her and yeah Cool. That's who my person would be. With a little bit of Michelle Obama in there somewhere. Yes, yeah. I still love her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't got a Michelle at the moment. And, you know, when no, you look at American politics, no. there's definitely nothing there. Vanessa, leadership, who's inspired you? Yeah, I, um, I think probably someone I have loved for a very long time and I have even grown to love how he's changed a lot more recently is um, Simon Sinek, who talks a lot um, really about starting with the heart, starting with why, um, which I really admire and love about that. But more recently, he's been going through challenging times and he's been speaking a lot about vulnerability. And I just think anybody with that kind of platform and that kind of uh, breadth and um, stature in the in the real uh, leadership space, I just think it's awesome that he is taking a very kind of soft approach and really being vulnerable about vulnerability. And I think that that is so important as we're growing teams mm. and growing ourselves and growing our people to be able to, you know, to be able to be who we are, bring our whole selves to work and, you know, put that all on the table because mm. I think for so long we haven't, not we haven't been able to, but if you did, it was sort of seen as a weakness and I love now that that conversation is changing and that we can just be who we are and whatever that looks like or whatever that means. So I think that that's really awesome to see that shift. Beautiful. Okay. All right, Nicole, you got to top these two now. <laughs> well, I would say that Dan Sullivan, who runs one of the biggest business coaching platforms in the world, although they're based in the UK, the US and Canada, I think one of the main things that's changed for me, I read a couple of his books and one of them stood out being The Gap and the Gain. And that is, how do we view everything? Do we see ourselves in the gap? In other words, we go, oh, we should have done this and we could have done that and we did this wrong and, oh, yes, I've achieved this, but I should have achieved that. Or do we see ourselves in the gain, whereas we look at what is the positive of everything, mm. including the negatives? And so I think that as a leader, to try and see everything in the gain and to see every the mistake as an opportunity to learn, I know myself, I like to lead by example. I like to try things out first. I like to inspire people. I like to help them. I like to lift them up. I like to help them to realise they can achieve more than what they think and anything's possible. And even whatever you think is impossible, I go, knock yourselves out. Why, uh, why is this impossible? Give me every single problem. Okay, cool. Now, solutions. 
what are three solutions to every problem? Because I think we can achieve anything we set our minds to. Everything's doable with the right team behind you. Oh, another beautiful answer. Tapri, no pressure, but you're going to, you know, bring it home. I was just going to say, I'm going to bring it home. Um, grassroots, really. Um, a, an amazing leader in my life has been my father, actually. He inspired me from a very young age to, uh, to own a home purely because, uh, you know, safety, security for my family and their future and future generations. So that has been massive uh, in terms of leadership. Um, and also... When we talk about leadership, um, you know, as a mortgage advisor, you can go to any mortgage advisor, but knowing their background and, um, you know, knowing what they've done in their lives in terms of, um, you know, if you're wanting to buy a property or um, create this property investment portfolio, it's really important that you talk to the right broker and that they have been there, done that. Mm. So leadership uh, for me is, if I'm going to talk about or advocate um, home ownership, I want to make sure that I'm doing all the things that I'm advocating and um, encouraging people to do. So that's really important to me. So leadership, my father, for sure, someone who has um, migrated from the Cook Islands, mm. couldn't speak English, you know, bought uh, all these properties um, and and has continued to advocate, you know, home ownership and push me to encourage our people to get into homes. And it's so funny you mentioned your dad because just before you did, when I was listening to Nicole, I wrote Kids Property Ladder because I was curious I don't know if you all have children, but I do know some of you do. Uh, you know, have you tried to inspire your children? And I know you've done a bit with your own daughters around getting on that property ladder. Absolutely. So my children have known from a very young age, um, home ownership is really important to to myself. And, um, and of course, it's ingrained in them. And so at the uh, young age of 18 years old, our daughter purchased her, her first home. But that was purely by us as parents... Um, you know, helping them leverage off our existing mm. properties to, to get them into home ownership. And we continue that cycle. Nice. Anyone else doing anything, you know, even with young kids to inspire? Absolutely. Yeah, mine are a little bit younger, um, but they, we've we've done like little jars, like saving jars, but we've do, done it through the, um, the Barefoot Investor book and the Barefoot Investor for Kids, which is, it's been amazing. So you've got a spend jar, a save jar and a splurge jar. And they're very decorative and they make a lot of noise when they're shaken up and down. Mm. Um, but we now go to the bank, they open their own bank accounts and they all know that this is for a bigger thing That's down gone. the line. Yeah, it's it's teaching really those cool. habits. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. I mean, I've taken, I've taught my kids a lot. I've taught them the difference between the saver mindset and the investor mindset. Like mm. it's one thing to save some money, but it's another thing to get your money working for you. And I, I love the fact that... You know, I love the fact that uh, your your children have bought a house at 18. I think that's brilliant. And that's what I looked at in my next book is how do we get that? Because you've got a generation of parents who have the ability to leverage equity to help children and you've got a generation of parents who don't. Mm. So how do the people without any money get there? And this is where I think the difference between understanding an investor mindset of getting your money working for you and also using property in quadrant three active income to make that money to put into property faster than you can actually attempt to do it the old way that we learnt at school by mm. saving mm -hmm. and I've also taught my children a debt you know bad debt you don't get a credit card you don't use buy now pay later because how you're magically going to have the money in three months if you haven't got it now and uh, that's I think that's another good thing as well that certainly helps when you go for a mortgage if you've managed your money and your finances well mm. awesome
Yes, yeah, so I had a four-year-old who used to read the property press religiously oh. every afternoon. That's so um, cool. And so she has always been into property. She goes on to Zillow.com, which is America's biggest yeah. property website. It's like, I don't know if you know this, but this you should do this on your site. You should do this. So she's all constantly giving us product advice as well, which is very helpful. But she's already decided that she's living in an $18 million mansion in Miami. So she's currently <laughs> saving and thinking about investing for that. But yeah, we have, um, we've kind of diversified both the kids' portfolio, for lack of a better word but they've got you're right there's their spending money there's their saving money and then we've also got them into i mean i think COVID time everyone had to play with sharesies as well yes true so just understanding yep, yep. what does that look like what happens and they were like where's my money gone i'm like yep so this is what we're learning so it's about just talking about the different ways that you can invest in money they're not quite at um property buying <laughs> portfolios yet but again i think it's really important just that final financial literacy having the conversation mm. chatting about what it means and if you want that 18 million dollar house in Miami, babe, you can absolutely get it. We've just got to put a plan together to get there. Brilliant. Exactly. Have you set goals for 2024 for yourself or for realestate.co.nz that you're working towards? Yeah, we have. Um, we really want to, we've spent a lot of time looking at our product and making sure that it is the, you know, really key for people who are purchasing or renting property. So we've built a lot of tools this year around making sure that that, um, the data's there and that there's, there's information for people who are looking to buy or rent. And and so we really want to sort of shift gear a little bit next year around turning that value back into for the real estate industry. So we're looking around how we can sort of help our industry to gain back this knowledge, the information, mm. the insights to help grow their businesses, grow their you know their wealth of knowledge, especially with all of the demand data that we have. We're quite unique in the market where we can sort of have this understanding around who's looking where, what, why, when and how, not at an individual level, but at a holistic mm. level, which then can allow real estate agents or property managers to go when they're chatting to tenants or investment management or real estate agents when they're looking to go and list a property to be able to take that information and go, let me help you make the best decision based on what's happening right now in the market. So that's kind of our direction for 2024. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Nice and clear. Very good. Sam, have you got your goals for 2024, either for yourself or for the company? Yeah, I've got one for both, um, amongst many, but there's <laughs> these there's these bigger ones. So the first one for me personally is I'm moving. So I'm moving house um, and physically will be moving for 2024. Right. Um, the other one is, as a company, Barfoot & Thompson have created a new strategy to take them to 2030 and beyond. Um, and that will be announced to the, ma- the managers and everyone in November. So I'm really excited to get my teeth into teeth into that and what that brings. Ooh. Stay tuned. We'll mm. catch up on the strategy mm. in the new year. All right. Okay. Tapri, your goals for 2024? Yeah, in terms of business goals is really uh, getting out there and connecting with our communities and just more exposure, um, you know, to our potential first-home buyers and just letting them know that we're here for them. Um, And also on on a personal level, um, I'm actually going to hit up Jamie James regarding a financial, um, like, mapping plan, which is what she provides, financial mapping, and that just really just going over assessing where we are at... um, you know, as a couple and um, I guess incorporating our future goals for for property invest, uh, investment and seeing how that all ties in mm. with the new rules. Mm. Cool. All right. She's listening. She's getting busy. She's started taking notes. Yeah, the roadmap's out on her bed. Fabulous. <laughs> Nicole, goals for next year? 
I think the goals for me really sit around family, and I'm talking about mostly business so um, and personal. So personal, we're mostly going to do a lot of travel. Both my kids are going on missions trips just pre-Christmas, so I'm really excited about that. how that's going to grow and develop them. On a business-wise, we're launching our new coaching program, which we've called Intensify, which is all about building your mindset so you can blow property out of the water. Like there's so much you can Ooh. achieve. And the whole purpose behind it for me is security for families. How do we get our children secure? No matter where you're coming from. So whether your parents can help you or whether your parents can't, we are all about achieving things you never thought imaginable. And I've given these things a go myself. And it's uh, even with me, it's like, wow, what incredible results. So it's like 10 times your results is what Intensify is all about. Ooh, sounds cool. Once you've got all that details, we can pop it up on our social media pages to share. Um, coming up to wrap the show now, and just a couple of minutes to go, going speed dating with you, what's your Christmas plans? Do you get to relax? Do you get to unwind? This episode's going to replay just a week out from Christmas as well. So where will you be at that point, Sam? Oh, my parents will be here right now, then, in that case. Um, so I'm very fortunate that my parents are coming over from the UK for the first time since I've been here in 12 years to come and spend Christmas wow. with me and the family. So very much looking forward to that. Family Christmas. Tapri? We'll be offshore with our family in the Cook Islands, so I'm really looking forward to taking a, a, a good break. Mm. Nice. Family, family. Yeah. We have a big family Christmas once every three years, and this is the year, mm. so we'll all be getting together down in Wellington this year. Really much looking forward to catching up with the whole entire family. Nice. You don't have to host it. No, I don't. Even better. I know. <laughs> and lucky last. Not so lucky for me, though. I do have to host Christmas. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be great. But again, family, yes, we're taking a break and we close down realestate.co.nz so everyone can take one collectively, which I actually really quite like that. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much to the fabulous team here, Vanessa, Nicole, Tapri and Samantha, for coming in not only today but throughout the year to share your advice, your wisdom and for keeping us informed and our listeners informed. We really appreciate it. Good luck for the last couple of months and make sure you have a fabulous Christmas and we'll look forward to catching up with you again in Season 4 and hopefully you'll be announcing and launching your book for us. We'll get the next one off as well. So thank you very much for all coming in today and a massive thank you to everyone who has listened to us over this season. We really appreciate it. Whether you listen live each week here on Planet FM or tune in and download our podcast, you can find them on Spotify, Apple, Samsung and of course iHeartRadio. So if you're looking for some Christmas listening, go back, have a listen. Plenty of fabulous episodes to listen to. Next week we're taking a break for Labour Weekend and so it's just a music episode and then the following weeks until Christmas we're going to play some of our favourite episodes looking back over the last year. A big thank you to Barford and Thompson and all their team for their continued support of the show and the fabulous team here at Planet FM, especially Paul, Michelle, Joe and Christine who look after us so well all year. Thank you to Matt and the team from Agency X who are in charge of making sure all of this stuff goes out and everybody gets to see and hear it. We really appreciate it. Now remember, we've got that fabulous TV show, Forgo Flatting. That is going to launch on TVNZ On Demand before we come back in the new year, so keep an 
eye out for that. We will pop it up on all of our social media platforms so you can check in with those wonderful guests that we had on a few weeks ago. Now, uh, finally, from me, a big thank you to everyone who's supported us this year. We wish you an absolutely fabulous Christmas when it approaches. And for the remainder of the year, keep investing, keep listening, keep learning, and most of all, keep listening to these experts. We've had fabulous experts on all year. I'm very grateful for the time that they give us. So make sure you tune in and support them. All their contact details are always on our posts, up on our social media, and you'll find us on Facebook at Property Matters Radio. Take care, travel home safe, and we'll catch you in the new year. You should expect to see us back on air in about February. Take care.